And you may be seated. We working now? There we go. If you have your Bibles, you can take them over to 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. And I do want to pause. I heard it was Brother Jim's birthday today. And so to wish him a very happy birthday. And he's of the age where we stop counting. And so uh, we won't mention his age, but happy birthday to uh, Brother Jim. And plus, I'm afraid to mention his age. He might come up here and beat me up. I don't know. And, uh, and so, no, we want to wish him a happy birthday. And uh, Brother Two, I am a little loud. Can you turn me down just a touch? Thank you, sir. And um, I, I do always appreciate the opportunity to preach, and um, I don't know if you'll understand this or not, um, but it, it's a very special thing to get to stand behind a pulpit, and I don't take that lightly. Um, however, if it's not your own pulpit, um, you always feel just a little bit nervous as you get into it. Um, I can't tell you the countless times that I stood behind my own pulpit, and it was like just putting on your house slippers and just feel right into it, and which is exactly as it should be, And uh, but when you're borrowing somebody else's and pastor has a little bit bigger feet than I do and so he has big shoes to fill and which makes it a little nervous for me as we uh, go through these things and um, but uh, I I know I have what the Lord would have me to uh, give tonight and it definitely is more of a Wednesday night Bible study and I think that's important I think it's important to to preach and hear preaching and 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 if God allows to hear good hard preaching at times, and we should all say amen to that. Sometimes we need good, hard preaching. And, uh, but just as, as much as we need good, hard preaching, um, every now and then we also need Bible study where we get into God's Word and we see exactly uh, how God is speaking to us. And I believe that's what it'll be more tonight um, as we study God's Word and, and look at this matter from 2 Corinthians chapter number 2. 2 Corinthians chapter number 2. And I'll begin reading in verse number 8. It says, Wherefore I beseech you that ye would confirm your love toward him. For to this end also did I write, that I might know the proof of you, whether ye be obedient in all things. To whom ye forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgave anything, to whom I forgave it, for your sakes forgave I it in the person of Christ. This is our text verse here. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Like many of you, I cannot believe that it is already December. And uh, I, I know we've been in here a few services now, and we see all the Christmas decorations that Miss Sheila did such a wonderful job on, and uh, we see the red poinsettias and the Christmas trees and the snowflakes everywhere, and it's like we're in a snow globe that got shook up, and, and the snowflakes are all around us, and, uh, and you're sitting here thinking, man, this just seems really early to put up Christmas decorations. Um, is the year already almost gone? And maybe you're like, but it's actually been a really long year. And, but the only reason I think it's been a really long year to some of us is because we're I think we're combining 2020 and 2021 into one just really long year I mean it's about 24 months worth uh, of a year and uh, and so maybe it seemed like a long year and uh, but but we still we get to the end of the year and and we just can't believe that it's already there and maybe like many of you and, and and I we sat down and we pinned some goals in January of 2021 and we probably did it this year in marker where we're like you know what some things that I wanted to get done in 2020, it didn't happen because of what was going on in our world, and, and I am going to make sure it gets done in 2021. 
and it hasn't gotten done. And uh, I look, I, I, I'm like anybody else. There's a certain number of lists that my wife would uh, like me to do and uh, a certain number of tasks that I know without a doubt um, that, that she would like to see completed and that, that she has texted me and, and texted me and texted me and then she'll send me a, a link about something and, and uh, there's one in, thing in particular that I know she would like and she continues to send it and send it and send it. She's actually at home with Bella if she's not feeling uh, super good uh, tonight. Bella isn't. So my wife's at home and, sh and she's listening. Eventually I'll get to it, babe. Eventually I will. And I can't promise you what year. I haven't set a promise on what year. But eventually I'll get to it. And, uh, uh, but, but we come to the end of the year and we're like, you know what? I cannot believe it's already almost over. And many of us are probably even thinking, well, I almost can't wait for the new year to start. It gives me a, a reset on what I, I wanted to do. But before we finish the, 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 before we start this new year, I want to give you just a quick study on finishing it, on finishing the year that we're in, and finishing in particular. And uh, look, I, you know, I, I, I know it's cliche to say that no games are won in the first quarter, and they're not. And, uh, I mean, you could look towards some past Super Bowls, and, and I think about one in particular, the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, they would say, hey, you know, the game wasn't won in the first three quarters. It was won in the fourth quarter. And, and that, that is true. And, and it is so important that we look towards finishing. Isn't, aren't you glad that, that, that Christ finished his task when he came? I am too. And, and But like many of us, um, I am the same way. I sometimes start something and then don't finish it. My, and I, I'm not picking on her. I promise I'm not, okay? Don't attack me afterwards, all right? And uh, uh, we, when we lived in Nebraska, obviously it was a lot colder than it is here. And um, Diana stayed home at the time. And I, I can't remember exactly what particular thing got her interested in it. And, uh, but she started knitting. She had never done that before. And she says, I'm going to start knitting. I was like, well, that's cool. You should knit me a scarf. And, uh, and she was like, okay, I'll start knitting you a scarf. And so she picked out a couple colors. It was navy and white. And uh, so I went off to work, and I came back. And by the time I got back, she had a couple lines of navy there. I was like, hey, that looks pretty nice. And, uh, and so I think after a few days, um, I had come back. And, and uh, to you knitters, I have no clue how long it actually takes to do this. I have never knitted anything in my life. I'm not sure I even know what, what, uh, how I would do that. I would start tying it like fishing line, okay? And, uh, and, and so I would come back and then there was a white line there and then another navy line and then a white line. I was like man that's really pretty it's looking nice and um, eventually I, life took place and that scarf finished its course at about this long it's not much of a scarf it was a good project to start and I'm sure that scarf is somewhere. She's going to murder me when I get home for telling y'all this. And, uh, um, but, but no, she won't. She's so sweet. And uh, right, you're so sweet. And, and, uh, um, but but it, it never got finished. And it's not a scarf. It never performed the task that it was, at the beginning, was going to be created to do. It was going to be created to keep my neck warm. Maybe my ears warm when it got real cold. It never got to do that. How sad is it that so many Christians get started and God has a task for them, but that task never gets done because they didn't finish. Because they didn't finish. 
And so I, I say, Renee, that, those verses that you read, it doesn't say anything about finishing. No, but it does say in verse number 11, it says, lest Satan should get an advantage of us. I want to just bring you a quick Bible study tonight on finish. Finish, lest Satan should get an advantage. Finish, lest Satan should get an advantage. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for everything you do for us. Lord, I do ask that you would just uh, meet with us tonight. Lord, I, I know this is what you would have me uh, to preach this evening. Lord, just pray that, that uh, you would have me say, that I would say only what you would have me to say, nothing more, nothing less. Lord, that you would be with our people. Lord, that, that we would hear this, Lord, and that we would choose to be finishers. Lord, so many of us are good at starting things. Lord, we, we've started in our faith. We're saved. We're, we know we're on our way to heaven. And, and, and maybe we've even surrendered to your will. Uh, but, but maybe we've, we've started to fall away from it is, what it is that you've called us to do. Lord, I ask that you would just meet with us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so finish, lest Satan should get an advantage. Look, I, 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 I like to compete. I really do. I like to compete. If, if there is a winner to be had, I, 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 I'm down for it. If we are racing in this sanctuary up and down the pews and, uh, and you say, hey, we're racing and there's going to be a winner, I'm going to raise my hand and say, okay, I want to race too. I want to be a part of that competition. I feel pretty comfortable with, with, with the crowd in here that I might win that one, okay? And uh, um, unless Brother Jim starts to tackle me, and maybe, maybe he does. And uh, that's okay. All's fair in a competition, Brother Jim. And, and, uh, but but I, I, I like competition. But sometimes in the midst of a competition... You might look around and say, you know what? They have a little bit of advantage on us, on me. The boys, a couple last Friday night, that team walked into the gym. And in walked in 6'8", six, 6'6", six, 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 I mean, they made Braden look short. Now, in my mind, I'm like, yes, let's go. But let's be honest, there was a little bit of advantage that they had there. There was an advantage. They were closer to the rim than we were. And they were skilled. And the score ended up showing that. But I don't like it when somebody has an advantage over me in regards to a competition. I don't like it. When you look at sports, maybe whatever your favorite team is, you know, that team is always trying to find an advantage on, a, on the field. But when we talk about our Christian life, can, 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 can we all be a little honest that we start off a little bit on the disadvantage because we're flesh? We're flesh. But then we gain the advantage. Why? Because I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And that's my advantage, is that I have to live through him. And, but because of my flesh and because we battle it each and every day, there are times where I don't live through him and therefore I'm not doing all that I should be for him and then Satan gets an advantage. Why? Because every time the, my flesh gets an advantage in my life over my spirit, Satan has that advantage. And that's why it's so important that we always, always focus on finishing what the Lord has for us to do. Maybe it is that you haven't even started tonight. And can I say, well, let's go ahead and get started, whatever God is calling you to do. But it is important to keep our eye on finishing. It's to not get lazy. You know what happens when, when people get lazy? And I've heard several great messages uh, preached on it. And, and uh, uh, there's a little bit of, uh, of troublesome when a Christian gets too comfortable. 
Just get so comfortable that all we ever do is go through the motions. I've been here at Sunday school. I get here at 945, and I fellowship with my Sunday school class, and I hear a Sunday school lesson, and I come to church and every Sunday morning, and then I come back at 5 o'clock on Sunday evening, and then I'm here on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, and I just do this because that's what I do, and that's great. I also... Having grown up in church my entire life, which doesn't make me any better than anybody else, but at a time to where, you know, it just seems like that's what we do. And that's a great thing. That's better than doing a whole lot of other things. But we just get caught up in that motion of, of this is what we do, this is what we do, this is what we do. And yet, none of it ever becomes actually real to us. Well, I was at church. I didn't get anything. Can I be honest? Even if somebody like me is preaching up here, that's not a good excuse. It, 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 the, the word of God's going to be opened. And, and, and we look and we just get so complacent. Look, I, I, can, I can say it because I know, I, I know this, this is true. I have also sat in the pews. Sometimes, unfortunately, I sit in that chair. And because I've been in church my entire life, my eyes just glaze over. okay. I know you're afraid to say amen because you're like, oh, I don't want to admit that that's me. Start daydreaming about, did I leave the oven on? I know I smelled pizza cooking before I left. I hope she doesn't burn it. She probably is. No, I'm just playing. And, uh, uh, and so... I'm never going to get fed tonight, I know. And uh, I promise you, look, I, I've told you before, all those jokes that I say, I can only say them because she is so awesome. And, and none of those things are, are actually true. She's just so awesome, and she makes it really easy and, and on me. I'm so blessed. She has to put up with me, and you already know that. And, uh, but, but we look and say, you know, we just get so complacent. And it's a dangerous place to be. Complacency breeds an opportunity to say, you know what? That looks new. That looks exciting. Or disinterested. You know what? The devil is always looking for an advantage over you. He is. Now, sometimes he already has that advantage. And many times we blame things on the devil that he had no hand in. He didn't have to do anything because you're always giving into your flesh. And you say, oh, that's stinking devil. <laughs> and he's just like, well, it wasn't me, but I'll take the credit for it, I guess. He doesn't have to battle you. He's already had you. But he's always looking for an advantage. The Bible literally says, lest Satan should get an advantage of us. Then it goes on to say, for we are not ignorant of his devices. For we are not ignorant of his devices. It's a good way to say you don't have an excuse. We know when the devil's coming to attack us. Now he's wily and he's smart. I, I think sometimes we hate to admit that. But there's a reason that he's got so many over the years to trip up and fall. 
And I want to just talk, I want to look at four people in the Bible, and I'll be, I'll be swift, I promise. And uh, as we look at it, say, you know what? If it could happen to them, as we look at these, these people, and, and some of you say, well, of course it happened to them. That's who they are. But it wasn't who they always were. One that we're not going to look at tonight is, is one that I, I think about often about not finishing. And I wish I would have brought, brought that Bible in. It's sitting on my desk. Um, Brother Larry Harrison was here, and I know I'm kind of running on a rabbit trail here, but just bear with me. And, and uh, that Brother Larry Harrison was here with his bookmobile, and, uh, and I told him that when I was a kid, he had came through our church several times. And I remember being in seventh grade, and I had saved up some money in regards to mowing lawns and stuff. And, and uh, he had come through, and he was there on Sunday morning. He was going to be back on Sunday night, and he had a Bible there. And I thought, you know what? I, I, I'm going to buy a Bible for myself. And I had never done that before. I had always had one given to me or whatnot. And, and I bought that Bible. And, and that Bible was so special to me. And, and it doesn't say anything different than the Bible I'm preaching from tonight. But it's just so special to me because uh, it, it, it's my first Bible. Now, I, I had a first Bible when I was real little and when I was a baby and my parents got it for me. But it was the first Bible that, that I truly, I mean, I got into it and I, and I read it. And, and I, it was at school with me all the time. And, and, and I would take it and, pe- and famous preachers would come through and, and I would have them sign it. And, and uh, many of the, the, the great preachers that have uh, come across over the last several years. And, and uh, I would even, when, when one would come through that, that maybe... Um, he, he was always really crowded. I would sneak in because I was small, and, and, and I could get between the tracks, and all of a sudden, I would just appear out of nowhere and be like, can you sign my Bible? And, uh, and, and so, and, and, but I, had, I have several names in that Bible. It's very special to me. And, uh, and I've used it before as an illustration in, in, in teen churches and such, but there are so many great preachers on, that have signed that. But you know what, even better than that, there were so many great finishers that have signed that Bible. But what's really sad is every now and then I'll pull that Bible out and I'll get reminded that Satan is still looking for an advantage. And there's some guys that would preach some of the greatest conferences ever seen. Don't even go to church anymore. Completely ruined their lives. And every now and then I'll look through those names and I'll see them and I'll think, wow, if Satan could get that one, he could surely get me. If Satan could get an advantage over that one, certainly he could get an advantage over me if I let him. If I'm not watchful, if I'm not ready to finish my course. We need to, we need to be, be looking to finish. I want to look through just a, a, a few of these lives and, and realize, you know, if it could happen to them, it could happen to any of us. The first one is David. It's David. Now, I know David was a finisher. But there was a time in, in David's life that the Bible says that it was a time where the kings went forth to battle. That's there for a reason. It's there to say exactly where David should be. And he wasn't. And we know the, the, the scripture that, that, that he sees Bathsheba and he looks on her for a second time. And then he covets her and he takes her and then, and, and then, and then she is with child and, and he commits to a conspiracy to murder and, and, and the whole thing. You know, that's exactly sometimes who the devil's looking for. 
he's looking for that person that truly is doing something for the Lord. Can we look at David's life up to that point? Definitely not perfect, but I love reading the life of David. The ups and downs, it reminds us of, of us sometimes. And we look at his life, and this is at a time where there's not a whole lot going on in David's life in regards to this. Serving the Lord, a man after God's own heart. And here comes the devil. He says, David, you're just a little tired. We better be watchful in regards to finishing because the devil will use our tiredness against us. There's a reason that it says, don't be weary in well-doing. Let's be honest, we're all a little tired of what's going, going on around us. Maybe you're tired of your own circumstance. And, 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 and the devil would love nothing more than to use our tiredness against us. Sometimes he uses it to get us out of church. I'm just so tired. I'm just so tired. And I'm, and I'm not picking on anybody. I, you know, sometimes people are not, not feeling well and, and those particular things. But the devil would love nothing more than to look at it and say, look, I, I, I have to be vigilant. I have to understand that, that the devil is wa walking around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And I can't get tired. Look, if I'm running from a lion in Africa... There's no time to get tired. If I get tired, I'm going to get dead. You'd have a little bit more energy then. Your adrenaline would be making you keep going and going and going. Why? Because it's right there. He's seeking to devour me. In our, in our, in our Christian life. There is a lion that's just as dangerous as that African lion. And his name is the devil. And he's walking around like a roaring lion seeking to devour me. I can't be weary. I can't let tiredness get a hold of me. Why? Because that doesn't lead to finishing. I don't know why David didn't go to battle that day. Other than a little tired. I know I'm the king I know I'm supposed to go to war. And what happened? Something that David, devastated David's family life. Just a little bit of tiredness. Just a little bit of weariness. It's a reason that they say an idle mind. An idle mind. Can't, can't be... Sleeping is one of those things that, that I'm pretty good at. I know, I know some people are not, but I am pretty good at sleeping. I really am. And uh, um, over the course of my life, I have always been able to just prop up about near anywhere and fall asleep. <laughs> Into a good hard sleep at that. And, and I, don't, I don't mind getting rest. But there's also been times in my life where I have missed out on things. Because I was tired. If you go to my parents' house, in the middle of the living room is a nice buck. Oh, he's nice. Pretty. My dad has affectionately called that deer the sleeping buck for the last, I don't know, 12 years or so. There has been one time in my life where I have been on a hunting trip and I've actually slept in. Dad came in, 
said, hey, Nate, it's, it's time. We got to go. I don't know, Dad, it's, it's cold, and it's kind of sleeting outside. I think I'm just going to stay in. He's like, oh, I don't know. He goes, I think the deer are going to be moving. I was like, oh, it's okay, Dad. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit this one out. can't believe I said that. In my mind, I still can't believe I said that. About 8.15, rolls around. He calls, and he says, get dressed. I'll be there in just a second. You can help me clean this deer. You know what he did? He went to the exact spot I was going to go. And that nice 11-point buck comes through, and he put it down. For years, up until just a couple years ago, if I called my dad's phone, it was the picture that would pop up on his phone. Him and that buck. Thank you for rubbing it in, Dad. He calls it, literally, the sleeping deer. My mom one year put on a sleeping mask on that mount. Like, do y'all not like me? I missed out. I hate to miss out what God has for me. All because I was just a little bit tired. All because I had become just a little bit weary in well-doing. I hate for Satan to get a quick advantage over me. Simply for giving in to weariness. Another one that we could look to. We won't take the time to turn there. But in 2 Timothy, Paul tells us of a man named Demas. And Demas is one who had been assisting Paul in his, his ministry. But who gave in to the lure of the world. To the lusts of the flesh. It says, Demas has forsaken me. He was drawn away. Why? I can't help it. I, forgive me. I know I'm just not really preaching tonight. Just giving a, a, a Bible study through here. But all my life I've been in church. Forgive me for continuing to say that. But all my life I've been in church. And I'm so thankful that I haven't had that time in my life where I have forsaken the house of the Lord. That doesn't make me any better than anybody else. I promise you it doesn't. I have been away from the Lord sitting right there in the church pews. But all my life I have watched so many Demases come through the church. And never finish. They're good at starting. They come through and they get saved. And we're so happy for them. They come down and they get their life right. And they're truly making a change in their life. And for the Lord. And God is starting to do something special through them. And then after just a while... Where's Demas? Where is he? And then a few years later, you see that same person. 
I go, how you doing? Not doing good. After they started. But the world and, and, the, and their own flesh, they never tamed their own flesh and they gave in to, to, to what lured them away. I know our young people aren't in here and I know this is a, it may be a point more for them even though I believe it is so important even for us as adults. Because let's be honest, we're just as drawn. My experience in, in church, it's been just as many older people as younger people that have gone the route of Demas. I, I love a good testimony. I do. I love the testimony of the one who is saved out of an awful life of sin. That even, maybe even those in the world would, would applaud because they saw how much of a wreck somebody's life was. And they don't understand the whole thing. They come through and they get their life right. I love, I, I love a testimony like that. But can I just be really honest? My favorite testimony is the one that was born into a good Christian home. Whose mom and dad stood right here and said, we're going to give this baby to the Lord. We're going to pray for it. We're going we're to rear him, her, in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And you could almost count at the doorpost their height as they walk through because they're here so often. God does something great in their life. And it's so much that when their time on earth is done, a funeral here is like a funeral in their living room because this is where they lived. That's my favorite testimony. Starter. Finisher. I like all the testimonies. I'm, don't get me wrong. Forgive me if that one's my favorite. Forgive me if that one's not yours. But that is all for naught if that person doesn't finish. We hear about testimony services and we hear about somebody's testimony and what God has done in their life and, and the great zeal and fire and compassion that, that they now have only to next testimony service be nowhere to be found. We must finish. The devil is seeking to have an advantage over you. He is seeking a return for you to your old life. He is. can't tell you how many times I've heard Pastor Andrew say it since I've been here. That 2020 and 2021, I can confirm this in, in, in my church in Nebraska. Boy, it has brought up things that people battled and defeated years ago. And it's back. Alcohol, drugs, suicide, 
lust. I beat that in 19, whatever it was. And it's right back, rearing its ugly head. Hey, keep fighting. Finish. Why? Because Satan is looking for an advantage over you. Look at somebody like, like Lot, who whether we like it or not, the Bible says was righteous. That's what he says. Good family. Young man who I think had a, probably a lot of potential. And yet ends up where his whole family is perverted. Can't argue that. I mean, Abraham thinking, well, at least this many righteous. I mean, that's, that's just got to be his whole, that's got to be his family. Wasn't found. But think about how Lot started. He started as the, as the young man who God calls Abraham and Lot says, hey, I'm going to go with you. God says, go there. I, w- I want to see what he's going to do. Continues into a life of lust and sin. It eventually destroys his family. Those of us that have young children, children, still school age, we have to finish. We have to finish. Don't take a pause And say, I'm just going to rest here for a while. And I'm going to cast my glaze on Sodom. It looks really well watered over there. And parenting looks a whole lot easier over there. Don't do it. Keep your eyes focused on, on, on finishing The task of of parenting is such an an unbelievable one. And we must, we must look towards finishing because Satan would like nothing more than have an advantage over our family. Can we just look at several young people that that God has done that to? That that has done that in regards to the um, illustrations that God gives us in Scripture? Mentioned earlier, Saul, King Saul. I mean, the Bible says that God said he was goodlier than the rest. Don't make fun of my English. That's exactly what the Bible says, by the way. He was goodlier. God looked down and says, that one. I've chosen that one. He's goodlier. He's humble. And yet, Saul eventually lost everything. Why? He started good, but he didn't finish. He didn't finish. We must understand that Satan has a desire to control your life. You say, well, I know that, Brother Nate. Well, if we really knew that, 
you know, sometimes we say things and then we say, well, that's cliche. But if we actually really grasp it and, and understand exactly what, what, what Scripture is telling us, that, that Satan wants an advantage over me. If there is a, if there is a robber or if there is a person in my home seeking to do my family harm, okay, they're going to have issues with me. Either their life is going to end or their life and my life is going to end. Either way, their life is going to end. It's going to happen. I'm going to do everything possible to, 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 to get that person that, that wants to destroy my home. I, I am going to fight tooth and nail to the very end. I'm going to finish that. Going to happen. How come we don't take that approach with the devil? Who is just as dangerous to our homes as someone that would, that, would, that would be an intruder into your home. Somebody comes into our home, we're reaching wherever it is that you reach for, okay? I'm not going to say where I reach for, okay? And, uh, um, and, and, and I'm going to find that 40 that I have, and I'm going to empty it. Making sure that I protect my family. That's the weapon that I have that's going to do it. And if that doesn't do the task, well, I'm, I'm going to try to use these. And if that doesn't do the task, I'm going to use this. And if that doesn't do the task, I'm going to use my feet. Whatever it takes, I'm going to use that. Why? Because it's that important to me. When the devil comes, seeking to devour your home, because he's going to, I say, but they, I don't even have kids in my home anymore. Well, if you're grandma or grandpa or great-grandma or great-grandpa, whatever it may be, he is seeking to have you. He would love nothing more for you to never be a witness for him ever again. He would love nothing more for you not to be an influence to your children, not to be an influence to your grandchildren, not to be an influence to those great-grandchildren, your, 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 your nephews and your nieces and, and all those who you could influence for good for the Lord. He would love nothing more than that. And yet when he comes, we just sit back. Oh, that's nothing. Let me recline here just a little bit more. Oh, the devil's in my home? He'll go away. I'm tired. I'm just a little bit weary. Diana, you do it. Could you imagine if somebody breaks into my home and I look over and say, Diana, why don't you take care of that person? How, how, how dare I even... Consider the thought. But the devil, who is seeking that advantage over us, he comes in and we let him wander about in our home. All over the place. And we don't run to our weapon. Who's quick and powerful. Effective. 
It doesn't miss. Say, you know what? I'm going to finish. It's too important to me. I don't have time to be a David when he didn't go out to battle. I can't afford it. Keep reading about David's life. After this, it was pretty messed up. The devil did his damage. One son attacks one of his daughters. The other son says, no, you're not. Then that same son steals the hearts of the people, eventually dies hanging in a tree. Faces loss right after this. David, even though he finished, would say, don't get weary. Look, at a time when kings went forth to battle, I didn't do it. And I instantly gave Satan an advantage in my life. Hey, can I, can I tell you something? That this is a time when Christians go forth to battle. Every day. It's a time that Christians go forth to battle. It's not time to be weary. We'll get that. In just a little while, we'll have rest. But mom and dad, you don't have time right now to not finish. When a time that dad is supposed to be dad and mom is supposed to be mom, don't get weary in well-doing. Don't be Demas. Don't get sucked in to the world and forsake those that have invested in you. That's just as powerful for adults as it is for teenagers. Don't be locked and get those eyes drawn to the well-water plains. Jesus tells Peter in Luke chapter 22, verse 31, he says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. Can I tell you, mom and dad, mom and dad, you listening? Behold, Satan hath desired to have you. So that he may sift you as wheat. Young person, college student, Sunday school teacher, pastor, assistant pastor, deacon, usher, whatever it is you put in front of your name. Behold, 
Satan hath desire to have you. And if you don't commit to finishing, he's going to get you. He's going to get you. And after he has you, you can only hope to be like David and get heard from again. These others that I mentioned, they didn't have the same. It's harder to get back in once you leave. Those of you that have that testimony would, would declare that. And it keeps getting harder and harder. Finish. Finish. Lest Satan should have an advantage. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. We thank you.